time, I'm about to go into another big pivot into entertainment. I'm not trying to be an influencer forever, and I'm so grateful for where it's it's gotten me and what it's done. But at the end of the day, that's not what I why I started it. I always started it because I wanted to do um, I wanted to be in the arts. I wanted to to sing, act, be in entertainment, and do it um, because with the PCOS Body Club, I talk about a lot that um, the PCOS Body Club is a space that you can really be like the person that you've always wanted to be and go for those dreams but a lot of the times we don't because we feel unfeminine we have the facial hair we're gaining weight how am I supposed to be a musical artist if I'm constantly struggling with all these things and it's like I wouldn't be authentic to myself if I didn't do the very thing that the foundation that I started um, that's like our, our motto that's our thing so I, I wouldn't be true to that if I didn't do it for myself Welcome back to the Cool Ass People podcast. On today's episode, we have Talia LeBlanc. I'm your host, Brandon Heek. Talia is actually a digital creator slash musician that's making some big waves in the digital industry. When she's not making debuts at some of the most exclusive events, you can find her making content, music, and spreading awareness of PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. In this episode, we had some inspirational moments where we talked about how to brand yourself as an entrepreneur while creating healthy boundaries. Also, how she came from helping her family's business in the medical industry at a very young age to where she is now, and the importance of creating an authentic community who all support each other and not necessarily just the image of a singular person. As you're tuning in, though, there's also some other gold nuggets sprinkled in. For example, the importance of having a partner who shares the same vision as you and supports you. But I got to say, Talia and I go way back between all the shenanigans and us laughing. There are some good good moments, I promise. With that, help me in welcoming Talia LeBlanc to the Cool Ass People podcast. And I've been super excited to see where you've come from. Like, what I feel like today you can no longer just be good at one thing. It's like yeah. you have to have multiple irons in the fire. Absolutely. And so I feel like you are someone that I've been following for a while now. And it's just like... You've been taken off. It's man, it's hard to on social media though because now social media is like our, like that vehicle, that avenue that like takes you to all these different places and all these different things, and you can pivot. And I've been a really big pivoter. I think that um, we can feel like we get put in a box a lot of times, and I hate that because I yes. am multi-passionate. I love multiple things, and whenever you go viral for something as I have in certain different um, aspects of all the things that I've done throughout the past few years every time I've gone viral for something I'm like oh my gosh now I only can make this type of content and then and then as soon as I would stray from that content like you know engagement way down mm -hmm. so it's like you feel discouraged and you're like oh my god like now I got to stick to this I don't want to do this forever and then you pivot and like I've learned through the pivot that you know you'll you'll lose people You'll lose followers, you'll lose engagement, but those people aren't meant to be there anyway. Mm -hmm. People that support you regardless, they're going to follow you through all your journeys. And if you, um, and if the people are leaving, it's like just because they're not meant to be there. Like they were following you for one thing, not for you. So, you know, screw it. Just, just yeah. keep moving. So yeah, it's, it's hard, but it's fun. Your authenticity, I think is what people, what you sell yourself on so well, because to me, that's so hard to find. It's like, Everyone does get pigeonholed a lot of times into certain things, but you've also been very agile in the way that you've, 
I saw for a while you did real like y'all did house flipping and yeah. like are y'all still doing that right now? Yeah, or? so we love to um there's seasons for everything, right? And then yeah. sometimes with real estate you have to be really careful about the projects that you take on. You can get really eager to make more money and do more things, especially in real estate because everyone says your money there's money in real estate, but right now in this current market you have to be so careful. Yeah. Um and you know, we were victim of like we did a few flips and it was really exciting. We were making money. We turned one into an Airbnb. That was fun. And then we we're like, all right, let's build one from the ground up. Like, let's take that mm-hmm. on. Like, and we did. And we did it so quickly after the other things. And we didn't realize how big of a feat it was. Ooh, and we learned lots of lessons. We lost money. We lost Ooh. all kinds of stuff. It was it was crazy. So, you know, we're chilling right now yeah. on real estate. until we're, We've been looking like if we're always on the lookout for a lot or a cool flip or something. But other than that, we're focusing on socials right now. That's good. That's <laughs> good. And like you said, I appreciate that you said seasons because like if you try to be the king of everything at once, or yeah. then I feel like that's when you get bogged down in the details. And yeah. by focusing on what's almost like your intuition or what your body's telling you that you want to do is when you start to like channel the energy that you need to like almost calibrate yourself exactly so that you're always doing something that's like fulfilling you know yeah so i'm curious where did this like creator mentality start for you man i feel like it it, all the way back to where like our middle school high school days i mean i know i know we went to a different middle school but definitely the same high school and i was just involved in like theater choir like i just loved being in creative spaces i was never the athlete i know i was um the cross country manager and you were and you were in cross country good times you see i would just like take the times but i wasn't doing any of the athletic stuff because i was just i was a creative kid like from when i was very little and i was actually going through some pictures in my house the other day and I found some pictures when I first moved to New York City after living in the Dominican Republic. And it was pictures of me doing like dancing performances, mm. like on a stage. Like, and I was maybe like in second grade. I was like, dang, I've been doing stuff on stages for <laughs> my whole life. And I didn't even really like realize it. But yeah, it's been a long time. Um, and then, of course, as different social medias. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Zenga? Oh, yeah. From back in the day? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. Wow. That was like my first recollection of like a social media. And I remember like, you know, we were coding and making things like it was so much fun. And I feel like that was like the inception of like me being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on socials and like do this. Like, this is what I like. Like, I like this. Mm. Yeah. It's so funny that they taught us to code at such a young age without even like, they're just like, here you go. And we're all of a sudden yeah. like, how do I like add music to this and have like different transitions and right. yeah falling hearts on the screen yeah. like all kinds of stuff and now i feel like they baby us like they everything is an app everything's a feature so like you don't really know how the back end works anymore i don't i forgot how to I code don't. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that now at all yeah no i definitely <laughs> don't have time for that now like and for the listeners you were the first person this is so funny uh, when I we went to Rowlett High School yes. and my I went from private school to public school. Yes. And so my first day I was like intimidated because I was like I don't know any of these people. Like I lived in Rowlett, but I you were the first person at school to talk to me. Really? Yeah. It sounds so weird, but oh I remember gosh. that because I was like a super emo kid back in the day with my goofy Beetlejuice striped jacket yes. that I wore. Yes. But you were the first person. I think it was like maybe like math or history or something. But I remember you telling me like, Hey, I just want to let you know that I like your jacket. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. Like, I love that. I was such an awkward kid, but I just appreciated that you were the first person to like always. Oh, that makes my heart really happy. And I think that's like a testament to who you are now because you're very just authentic and like Thank your you. vibes that you give off are just. I just like, I hate feeling like when I'm in a new space or like new people, like it's always nerve wracking. Even someone like me that's like, you know, 
puts myself online like all these eyes and stuff it's different because it's just me on my phone or me on my camera or whatever but like in when i get invited to influencer events there's all these people and you don't know anybody sometimes i'll look around the room and i'll see somebody just kind of like by themselves because it's scary it's intimidating and all these people you know influencers they could be very big and very like personalities and their outfits are outlandish and they're they're so they take up so much space Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that but you're like, you know, you have all these great qualities. You just don't have that thing to just like, you know, show up to a space. I'll find those people. And I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? What you doing? What's your name? Like, because I don't like feeling that way. Like, it yeah. doesn't feel good at all. It's contagious, too, that you like go out and pull people out of their shells. You know, like it's the hardest thing a lot of times to make someone just feel comfortable. Yeah. And so by going out and doing that, I feel like, I don't know, that's just unique. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people aren't doing that. Yeah. And I have gone to, we've started going to these like influencer events and like, yeah in austin like dear media irl like all these different kinds oh yes oh we get to hey see dear media i know right we we look in like <laughs> cool hey what's ass up people. right what's up what's up i almost pitched it to michael and my wife was like no no desperate energy she, she, so i was like okay i won't say it yet yeah yeah, yeah. But you're right about them having like this big energy and it's hard to like insert yourself without almost coming across as like superficial in a way so right that's right. something that's like I strive to do but it's like very hard and I don't know it's just hard to describe how do you feel like you've overcome that personally by like even in front of the camera and stuff like that how do you yeah um I think a lot of it is practice a lot a lot of practice I mean do it where you feel comfortable first so like at first it started just me talking on my stories a lot Mm -hmm. like on my stories like just talking to the people that really interact with me and i would just interact on a daily basis with with different followers different friends different people and then eventually it's like all right i'm gonna start making like videos i'm more of a video creator now than i've ever been like i'm considered really more a video creator than i am like a photo creator because i'm constantly making videos i'm bigger on tiktok and that's just like a video only platform well kind of but um a lot of practice I will say like this past year I've started like public speaking Mm. and in person and that is a different thing than like I've had videos reach you know 12 million views before bananas crazy so many people with so many opinions about you and so many things but that is not as scary as like just talking in front of 30 people (laughs) like I don't know what it is but I'll literally be like and I'm like, Talia, calm down. You do this. Like, this is what you do. <laughs> Relax. Uh, but, yeah, it's scary. But it's just now I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable public speaking. But it's a work in progress. Sure, yo, I totally feel that. So it's definitely just throwing yourself out there and, like, just putting yourself in the middle of, of the chaos and just going for it and then adjusting from there. I'm so weird because I kind of have the opposite problem because I started with public speaking before I started putting myself in oh, front really? of, like, cameras yeah. and things. And so I'm on a lot of like Zoom calls now for my job. And there's been times where like I was in a Facades Plus convention. I've been in a lot of other things where I'm talking in front of like sometimes upwards of like 100 people or so. And I'm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it feels. And they're professional like architects, engineers, all this stuff. And so it's nerve wracking. But you got to come with your A game. Yeah, (laughs) but I feel better doing that than I do presenting on a meeting. Like right now I'm working on a hotel in Mexico. Oh, wow. And oh, it's beautiful. But everyone is like all over the world in these meetings. And so I feel weirder there when I'm presenting and get caught up in like, uh, I make this weird <laughs> sound in my voice where I'm like, uh. <laughs> I feel weirder. I hate it. <laughs> and I like laugh at myself later because yeah. I have to listen to some of my recordings and I'm like, oh, like, yeah. I'm getting better. 
Work in progress. That like was my husband. Said. He hated listening to. He's like, I hate listening to myself. Yeah. And I'm like, but well, you're gonna have to. If, like, you want to do this? Like, the podcast was his idea first and foremost. Oh. Like, it was not my idea. Like, he wanted this whole thing about because he wanted a, an avenue, something to start telling on himself. Like, like talking about all the things that you're kind of scared to talk about, just being vulnerable, but like creating a space to do it. And I was like, you gonna have to get used to your own voice, like how you look <laughs> like, your mannerisms. You start noticing like that you say like all the time, that you do, that you say um or that you're like you get caught up in you know or like your adhd is kicking your ass and like you're like half the time when we're recording we're like what were we talking about again <laughs> <laughs> editing what was the question yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know how people were like release full episodes like not edited to me i'm like drives me insane yeah i have no idea how they do that and luckily i have my wife who whenever she'll help me edit uh she will come to me and be like okay you said like probably a good 200 times in that yep. episode i need you to dial it back just a little bit yes and it's like those little cuts too. Like in post production, my husband and I tag team it too. Like I do the uh, the initial cutting, like all the big pauses, the big ums when we get sidetracked, all that stuff. And then I give it to him because he's meticulous about. He does not like like the ums and the likes and mm -hmm. the uh, um, like. He will literally cut all of that out. We'll leave a few just to leave it like so. More it's not robotic. Exactly because yeah. I'm like we're gonna be like you can tell like all the little cuts, but you know. Meep, meep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he does like the the final scrubbing, but yeah, you need to. I don't know how. Like we've been on podcasts before, and the the episode drops, and I'm like, why did they leave that? Like I'm literally like coughing or or doing something off the wall, and I'm like, why did y'all? All right. <laughs> See, we have the, my wife and I have the same dynamic. I'll go through the first round and I'll cut the big stuff out, and she is like super meticulous. Yeah, and I love that she can she's very detail oriented she's a wizard when it comes to editing <laughs> like bet. i'll listen to it later and i'm like damn like you can't even tell nothing like even down to like the way you're breathing while you're talking she's really good at like making sure that everything cuts in the right place wow. supernatural i mean i know that you're a professional awesome. now because your editing is getting out of control thank you yes i see your videos and i'm like what like it's all cap cut man i swear i'm not even i'm not even gonna lie to you it's all cap cut it's just like learn once you just get one it don't. It honestly doesn't have to be Adobe. It does, and I'm I'm good on Adobe um, Premiere. That's what um, I use. Adobe Premiere is awesome, but it's it could be a lot. Also, there's so many different things, and sometimes things change, and every time they update. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna do this on CapCut real quick, and I want to see if I could do it on CapCut. And all fun fact, all of our episodes, everything is done through CapCut. Interesting. Everything. Well, we might have to end up switching when we edit this so we can. Yeah, because it's so much simpler. It's user friendly. And like for a podcast, you're not needing all kinds of you're not making a movie. Yeah. OK, so like, you know, you need clean transitions if you're going to have any like your intro, your outro. Like, you know, I don't need all that. Yeah. And we use Adobe for literally everything all the time. Like even at work, I use a lot of Adobe, yeah. like Photoshop, Illustrator. And it's a great skill to have, though, like to know Adobe is. But it's not user-friendly. You're right. No. Like, you get in the software. Like, I remember my first time opening Premiere and being like, okay, podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do I drop this clip? What do I do? Me, I'm, I'm like, no. When I opened up Premiere, the first time I was like, and YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what, it's always some random guy on YouTube. First of all, there's always a person on YouTube <laughs> that is going to, like, and it's, and this is. I'm not trying to get canceled. <laughs> it's always somebody with a heavy accent yeah. that I don't understand very well. But God damn it, they're going to help me. And they're going to get me through like two days ago. I was like, bro, I'm switching website hosts. And I need my email list for my new website because I wanted to send email marketing. 
and um, I couldn't figure out how to transfer over all of like my contacts and I tried all different ways and I, I basically exhausted everything on my own and I was like you know what I'm going to YouTube I go to YouTube and it's this like four-year-old video it's some lady from I don't know what country a heavy accent I, didn't, I couldn't kind of understand but I could watch everything she was doing and I was doing it step by step and I'll be damned it worked like oh. within 30 seconds I was like you see that's all it takes some random person on YouTube <laughs> You know, that's smart because my dumbass will sit there and like, I can figure this out. Yeah. And like, I'll sit there and play around and develop terrible habits. And I'm yeah. like, go watch a video that takes like five minutes. And I'm like, wow, like I could have been editing my videos simultaneously. Yep. Like, because for the first few episodes, I, it was janky the way I edited it. And then I went back and now my wife is getting good and like, let me show you something real quick. She's so sweet. She's yeah. like, honey. Let me show you real quick. <laughs> she better. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she'll show me like these, this way to like, you know how when people are talking, you can flip camera to camera really quickly that yeah. syncs with the audio like seamlessly. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, shit. Cause I'm sitting here like cutting video. I don't know. It was a pain in my ass. Wait, out. is that, was that through Adobe? Yeah. Oh, well maybe I don't think CapCut can do that. <laughs> oh, because we using on Cap, and that's the thing. Sometimes like you do have a little bit more work, but like, I export my audio totally like it's one uh, separate thing and then I do my video and then I just match up the very first like the as soon as like the very first like mouth to audio is synced then I know the rest should be synced and then I save that together like the video and audio then I re-upload and then I'm able to do all the cuts and stuff because if I don't then you're constantly having to the only thing that CapCut doesn't have which CapCut please for the love of God add this <laughs> oh my God it's like once you actually like you can extract audio from a video on your timeline mm -hmm. but you cannot sync it together again like mm. once you separate it you cannot fuse it back and it's like then you're if you cut a video then you have to cut the uh, and it's yeah and then things can get way messed up so and if it's slightly off you could tell oh it kills me yeah you're like, like and yeah. then the audio comes you know, I, I hate it <laughs> it's like a bad dub on netflix yes. over here. uh it kills me the editing process can be just such a it's so people are like how, how are you loving the podcast I'm like, recording's great. Right. Like, that's only like 20% of the work. This is the fun part. This is literally the fun part. Like, scheduling, the, getting everything set up, scheduled, finding the place, getting the portable set up, and recording is like the fun part. Right. And then comes the actual work whenever, because we still have both, like, they call it nine to five, but ours is more like eight to six. Oh, wow. Architecture is super demanding. And sure. it ebbs and flows really hard with, like, deadlines. So yeah. there's weeks where I can't even, like, touch, can't think about touching podcasts because oh, wow. it's like... We're going to work late because when certain parts of the design process end, there's a lot of deliverables. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not done, you'll end up in these meetings with all these people and they're oh, like, uh, so what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, Why aren't you done? <laughs> exactly. And so I've gotten What's the hold up? burnt too many times. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I know how much time this is going to take. And every, every once in a while I can squeeze in editing, but also, you know, taking care of yourself is right. key. Yeah life is has like this momentum behind it and if you get out of the whack with that momentum whether it comes down like your sleep your diet yes it just snowballs and Absolutely. to get back in takes like for me i think it takes like a couple of weeks if yeah. i if i have one week of just deadlining like 12 16 hour days yeah. and then to get back into the groove of like back in the gym pre-cooking all my meals oh my god it's so hard to get back into that we went to we went to new york city um, three weeks, it, well, oh, damn, no, almost a month. It was, um, <laughs> God, September has somewhere to be. Uh, so it was September uh, 
14th or something like that. Or no, I'm sorry. It was like the 7th or the 8th. Damn, damn near a month. Um, <laughs> so we went to New York for New York Fashion Week because like that first oh, week shit. and a half is New York Fashion Week. So we had, it was really fun. Went to a few events. That week also, that weekend also happened to be the weekend that the Giants and the Cowboys were playing at the MetLife Stadium or whatever what? in Jersey. And my husband is a huge Cowboys fan. And I was like, out of all the things you wanted us to do in New York City, we're going to go watch a Cowboys game. Fashion week. But Right, right now. I'm like, you know, it's fashion week. Is this? And he's like, yeah, Cowboys game. So we went. We got rained on. I mean, drenched. It was pouring rain. And um, a f- two days later, we make it back home, and we got really sick oh. from probably traveling, getting wet, whatever. So we were, like, out for the count for a whole week. Then the week after that, um, it felt like we were just still so tired, even though we didn't have symptoms, but it felt like it took two weeks just to get back. This is like now the fourth week since, and we are still struggling to get back into our gym routine and getting like uh, cooking again. Like it's so hard once you like something throws you off, even if it's for a week, like it takes two, three weeks just to get back on track. And, that, and then to stay consistent after that is a whole nother yeah. ball game. Like I dedicate my Sundays. I used to do Fridays for a while, but I, I've made this, kind of ritual out of my Sundays that I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying so I'm like capitalizing on that I'm like okay yes. like meals are cooked for the week yeah. I because there's a there's a farmer's market next to us okay. because I've been trying to only get like locally sourced ingredients yeah and that way because when we were in the Middle East like all the ingredients there are fresh everything's like there's no yeah. processed food and so my body started to feel different when we we're over there like really mm-hmm. good and then I come here in the first two weeks that we're home here my stomach always ends up being jacked up for yes. a while just adjusting to some of the, it doesn't help that i ate whataburger for clarification <laughs> i mean you gotta whenever you come as back soon home. as you get in that's like that's like the first landmark you go to you go to whataburger yes yeah, sweet and spicy burger <laughs> yeah. here to destroy me but yep. i still i do it every time it's terrible yep. uh, it takes me two weeks to like get back into also sleeping because the jet lag and right. your circadian rhythm is so important what's the time the time difference like between it's eight hours ahead over there oh wow yeah it's yeah. like a whole working day exactly like, like yeah. i feel weird trying to coordinate because I, I try not to answer emails, but sometimes I do. Yeah. But I realize I'm sending them at like 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> here, and I'm like, well, we'll read it tomorrow. Right, right. Hopefully their phone isn't on loud right, or something. I know. Hopefully everyone does D&D like at night. Like, yeah. Hopefully. But some people don't because they're like, you know, just in case something happens. But shoot, my emails, all that, I don't look at none of that. Yeah, no, I don't either. Like, I well, turn it. that's a lie, actually, because whenever you're an entrepreneur – Oh, it's like you're working honestly 24-7. There's not, especially with social media, you can't turn social media off. So sometimes a brand may find me at like 10 p.m. and like, you know, they'll send me a DM or something and then I have an email that that's from them. Like, hey, we want to collaborate or whatever. So then I'm like, I'm always looking and checking my emails. I'm like, oh, any opportunities coming in? Anyone I need to respond to? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, why am I doing this at midnight right now like i need to have boundaries for myself and i do not <laughs> super guilty i don't instagram especially because that's where i reach out to a lot of people just mm-hmm. and i hate waiting for answers or if someone's answered me once like yeah i'll come on and i send them the schedule and then i'm like like just i know thinking about like okay i sent you my calendar like, you're right it's just so funny i get so attached to because i the anticipation kills me yeah yeah, because it's exciting. Like you're gonna, you know, each episode, each different thing that you, especially this is like the newest thing that you're that you're taking yeah. on, right? And it's always so much fun and so exciting to talk to people and hear their stories and, you know, just find out. Like you find out the I found out so much amazing things about random people just from like doing podcasts. I'm like, what you did? What? When? I've I would have yeah. never known this about you. I know. I'm like Fashion Week in New York. That's on my bucket list for yeah. freaking sure. Every time I leave these conversations, I'm like so pumped because it's yeah. like. I can't believe we just got to talk about this or that. And yeah. It's, and also seeing other people next to me, 
like parallel. You and I started our podcast at like pretty similar time. Yeah, yeah. Literally so. like almost parallel. Yeah. And so I've loved your growth was exponentially faster than ours. And I love seeing like, okay, I look at it as like, this is what we can pivot and start looking at and seeing how. Yeah. Also, I love the format of your episodes. Really? There's something about mine are a little bit complicated because I have to schedule around people and destinations. Right. and But I love the free like the freedom y'all have in your episodes. And yeah. the, I feel relaxed listening to y'all's episodes. Oh, wow. Because it's yeah. really like I'm chilling like in this chair over here with y'all. Yeah. And yeah. your lighting's nice. Like your production's really nice. We do our best. We do. You know, it, is, it doesn't have to be the fanciest thing. You know, I have, you know, they're just both like vlogging cameras and, you know, we just set it up. I have like my little ring light. You know, we ordered our, you know, our sound setup from Amazon and, you know, we just, it, it, there is beauty in like your co-host, like just being like in your house with you all the time. So we had to set up like our own studio at home. We're actually in the middle of revamping for season two. And my husband's really big on making it look like a set. He was like, I want to make it look like a set, like for real. Like we, we getting serious. So I was like, all right, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, let's do it. Like if we could get something that looks like this nice with like some lighting, like, man, that would be. Dallas is just like growing with so many creatives and like creatives are moving to Dallas because you no longer need to move to LA or New York or Atlanta to to get into these spaces because social media exists yeah and anyone can see your stuff you know as long as you, you know, just put it out and um I love that we're getting so many more creative people from influencers musical artists podcasters like studios are opening up like it's it's definitely like we're in that era right now to where I've had so many friends from L.A. actually move here mm. to Dallas. And I'm like, hell yeah. Come on. We don't need to be in L.A. <laughs> I've been trying to pull people to Austin. Yeah. I'm like, Come. Austin is a great city, too. Yeah. yeah. It's popping. It's been ridiculous. Yeah. And you can run into anybody anywhere. I love that. It's But I'm not in California. So. Right. Yeah. I want to. Don't get me wrong. I would love to live in California for a short stint. Just yeah. like cross it off my bucket list. We, do, I, we say that all the time, too. Know, yeah, it's like one day. Yeah, one, one year, we just a few months. Like, you just never know. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, ball out of control, go stay yeah. somewhere. With, I love West Dallas. Same. Like, West Dallas, Trinity Groves. My favorite coffee shop is in West Dallas. It's called Soiree. It's a Oh, yeah, I've owned. been there. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. They have a jazz night. They do so many cool events and stuff. Their coffee is bomb, and they have spiked coffee. Ooh, <laughs> that place is popping on Sunday. I've seen it on Sundays like freaking wild. It's popping right now. My husband's like, I'm going to go pick up some coffee in the soiree. <laughs> um, I'm going to get there before 11 before the brunch because I have a brunch yeah. every Saturday and Sunday and it gets jam packed. Sheesh. Yeah. That whole area is just like unpredictable. Yeah. But I love it. That's part of the great parts about Dallas. It's like mm -hmm. people are like, what do you do in Dallas? I'm like, where there's food and there's drinks, you can guarantee it's going to be wild. Yeah. Like, you know what so I mean? what got you into like um, into architecture? Like what was like your like your catalyst to like get you going in that direction. I had a bunch of different things that kind of funneled me in that direction. Cause uh, you remember I used, to, I don't know if you remember, but I used to skateboard back in the day. Yeah. So my dad and I used to like build skateboarding ramps and we would draw it on the computer first and make sure we would do it. We'd price it. Wow. So we, before we would go buy the wood, That's he, intense. he would make me, yeah, he'd make me, he was like, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. We're going to earn the money, go buy it. And then we're going to build it. And so that kind of started getting me into like tinkering with like anything wood related and, and also like seeing kids, like after we build the ramps, all the kids from the neighborhood, would, that like drove them to our house. Oh, and so wow. I was always like, come skate at my park. Yeah, like I got yeah. everything set up. And so I did get a lot of injuries from it, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I had to stop skateboarding. <laughs> like shout out to my dad for that. Right. Um, between that and I was really into art. And so I've, I went to school, honestly, just 
for the sake of going to school at first. Didn't and we all? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want a degree. And at first I started with a little bit of psychology and graphic design, which is like way out of architecture. I mean, it plays into my degree, but I eventually found that architecture is truly like the melting pot for all these things. And yeah. I'm facilitating creating spaces for people. And I feel like some architects lose sight of that and, it's cool to make towers, but I think it's better to make ideas and spaces. Mm, yeah. And so it's kind of what drew me to that. And then I, I got addicted to it. And it's a very humbling experience because it's such a slow burn, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Because, like, buildings take years. Sure. Yeah. And it's not just you designing it. Yeah. You know, these architects back in the day were like, I drew this beautiful napkin sketch, and now it's going to be built. And it is no longer that yeah, process. I don't work that way. Nope, nope. I have to appease literally like 50 people to get something built. Oh. It's like I have clients, cities, which to me is, it, you can look at it as it, as it hinders you or you can look at it as the opposite. I, yeah. I work better with teams. Sure. And so I don't think if I sat in a, in a room by myself and tried to design a building that I would ever create something that was worth that was actually responding to any context. Yeah. And so by like dealing with these people, not dealing with these people, taking them into consideration, right. working with it, it. To me, it's just turned into, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's like very demanding. Sure. And there's not that many of y'all like for yeah. like, not everyone's an architect. Like you, yeah. My class started out with 400 people and ended with like 65. Wow. Yeah. <gasps> so it's very, it's super intensive. It was all that math. There's a lot of, there's a decent amount of math. Once you get into it, it's like, I don't think it's as much as people say it is. Okay. Like I have structural engineers who are doing like all the wild calculations that, oh, are, wow. yeah, like loads on buildings. I don't know anything. Like, okay. Well that's, that's true. Cause engineering is way different than, than actual architecture. For sure. Okay. Yeah. My dad actually started going to school for engineering and he was like, Nope, not doing a way too much math. I'm going to go do medicine. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. either those both sound crazy, but. I'm glad one of them worked out for you. <laughs> Especially medicine. I know. Yeah. 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 Medicine's a very, the, I feel like it's a very scheduled job. So it's, I don't know, like what was his schedule like growing up? Was it, oh, man, did he, he have wild hours or was it? When he was first starting, because when you first start, you have to like, you know, you kind of yeah. have to get your feet in the water and you got to work at hospitals and hospitals mm -hmm. can just be so crazy. And, you know, they're 24 seven. So you're, you know, he was always on call. You know, it was back in the day. So my dad always had a beeper on him. So, you know, he'd randomly <laughs> get beeped and then he'd have to go and like, you know, run off and, you know, whatever, because he, he worked in pediatrics. So oh, sometimes wow. that would be like labors or like whatever. Like oh, it's crazy. Gosh. Yeah, that's but, such a And intense. the amount of schooling too. It's like 12 years of school. How many years does architecture take? Uh, technically, it takes six. So okay. half of that. Yeah. But then you have licensing afterwards, which is a whole nother ball game. Oh. But no, medical school is way more intense as far as like you got your residency. <laughs> you got like all the stuff that follows with right. it. Architecture is kind of contextual, but I feel like medicine is super contextual. Like yeah. you're going to practice something different. I feel like in Seattle than you would in Dallas. Super interesting. I've wanted to have that's. I'll have some people on the podcast eventually that are really into medicine. That's like Ooh, definitely a goal. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, to hear. one of my friends from school became a neurosurgeon, so I'm like, really? Yeah. I say school, but we were just like general friends. Like, she went to a different high school in in Dallas, but we were we went through some shenanigans, and I'm like, yeah. how did you go from? What we were doing to freaking medicine because yeah. we were all a bunch of scrubs back in the yeah. day for a while. I remember, I remember in high school, you were basically a school bus. Yeah. And you were, you would pick up like half the kids and your big body, whatever, what, what was it? It was a Cadillac. It was, it was a big body Cadillac. And he would literally pick up 
like all of us because we all lived you know yeah. in the we were all on the bus route but yeah. for whatever reason <laughs> i don't know what happened we're like yeah brennan's just gonna pick us all up <laughs> well like, funny story about that one of my friends his mom was like hey if you pick him up i'll give you a gas card oh, and you can just fill your car that up whenever was the you incentive. Want. so i was like <laughs> who needs a ride right like i'll just swing it so i had my my route my route that i would take every day picking yeah. everybody up i don't all the people that you picked up but i definitely remember i know his i know his it's not his name we used to call him tarzan and yeah matt matt, matt. Yeah. That's his name, matt, matt. i know you matt i'm sorry it's just the name i think about him and his long hair yeah. like i remember you pick him up Shout you picked out. me up like it was such a fun it was such a fun little time like it's been fun seeing like all the growth of everybody and seeing it's it kind of weird to see like where we've all like ended landed. up yeah. and like what we've ended up doing and like people's like pivots or people that have you know we used to see doing one thing and now they're like off doing other stuff it's like so wild yeah there's some facebook groups where they're like message or send a comment whatever you're doing now and i've seen some people who are like oh. travel nurses and like yeah. all this i'm like what and my mom still works she's a crime analyst over in Rallet. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, so that's so exciting. It is, but it isn't because I get to hear about all the stupid No, I'm shit. sure. It's probably freaking traumatizing. <laughs> my, my mom's like, guess what your friend did? And I'm like, we haven't talked in like 10 years, mom. I know. It's like, I'm not affiliated with that person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk for a reason now, mom. Oh, my God. I loved your mom. Hey, mom. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember when you were, you know, my brother ended up actually going to the private school that you came out of. Oh, really? Yes. And that's where he graduated from. Smart. That's that's a beautiful school. Yeah. Cool. He, you know, he, it, it was good for him. My parents tried to get me to go to, to DC, but I was like, nah, like I'm, I'm so acclimated at Rotlet High. Like yeah. I have like, I'm in all my groups. Like I have all my friends. And now sometimes I think maybe I should have gone because fun fact, I went to school for 10 years for political science. I really wanted to work for the FBI what? or be a lawyer. That was like my big, like outside of like music and like all the things that I wanted to do creatively, you know, as, as somebody, you know, a lot of us have pressure to go to school, get a degree, because that's what we're told, especially as millennials. Like that was like the only route. And like our our Gen X parents, like they're you know, they only knew and their parents like to stay at one job and like really like, you know, build that rapport or whatever where they worked and build that like loyalty. But nowadays we realize that even if you give companies loyalty, like they'll drop you in a day and replace you in two seconds. So our generation is more cognizant of that. So we, you know, somewhere along the way, we're like, you know what? Screw this. Like, stick it to the man. I'm not doing this. Like, this is terrible. Like, this is not fulfilling. Like, th there's no way this is all that life is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I went to school and I was a, a poli sci major pre-law like I was doing all kinds of stuff and I went to school for 10 years and the reason that I went to school for so long without finishing was because when my dad had his clinics he he wanted to be the McDonald's of pediatrician clinics he mm. wanted a clinic in every city so I was a GM at 19 years old I was a GM of my dad's four clinics he had one in Irving Rowlett Garland and Mesquite wow. and I was manning all of those clinics at 19 years old I was like what am I so it was hard to go to school full-time and do it so I would take two, three classes. And, and then eventually I was like, mom, dad, like, do y'all want me to focus on helping y'all grow your business? Or do you want me to go to school? Because I, this is like pre-law doing all this. This is like a whole thing. Like mm -hmm. I cannot do both things. Yeah. So I eventually just dropped out of, of school and I learned a lot. I mean, I took, I'm literally 20 credits away from getting a bachelor and I just refused to. Uh, I yeah. know. But it's also, I'm like, for what? Exactly. <laughs> I have so much work experience. I, you know, I get it. Like it looks good on paper, but I just show people what my worth is like I'm yeah. very I believe I'm very intelligent and I'm I've figured things out I have street smarts and I have ex real world experience I've worked for other people I've worked in many different 
I wouldn't say many different places because I won't lie. My parents didn't let me work in high school, so I never got like any like work experience, like just working like, you know, regular jobs. To oh, just I worked at freaking Brahms. You see, like when I was growing up, I wanted that. I was like, I want some extra. I want to have my own money, whatever. But I also understand and I, I get the, the privilege that I didn't have to do that. And my parents were like, you we don't want you to do that because they thought that I was going to be like, ooh, I have money now. So like I don't have to go yeah. to school. They're like, no, you go to school. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll go to school. I had a lot of random jobs, and I I think that if I had the opportunity to facilitate my kids having a job, that I, I would definitely consider it because, I mean, I see what you're saying about going out and making your own money being a, a bonus, but also there's something to be said about, like, family businesses and, like, truly understanding the roots of a business. That yeah. To have that exposure at a young age is, like, yeah. you got a whole different experience than I did like working at the skating rink like sure. <laughs> oh my god I love the skating rink. oh my gosh I was a DJ there for a couple of years so Texas funny. Skadium they just revamped it a few I years know. ago I follow them on Instagram yeah oh they have an Instagram yeah I had to follow them but that that was just some really fun times them dance specials yeah that was I, like I had to work the all-nighters <laughs> <laughs> My mom never. My mom only let me stay at one all nighter. She's like, "You're not gonna be with all these kids." My mom was like, stuff. "Take your brother with you." <laughs> okay. My brother was too young for that. Still, she was like, "No, you can't." But normally, that was her thing too. It don't matter where I was going. Take your brother. I yeah. was like, "Wow." <laughs> I had to take my little brother. I was like, "All right, just don't get in any fights. Okay. If there are fights, please back away. Like, I don't need your ass." Fun times. I love the Texas Stadium. That's so funny. So yeah, we've talked. Oh, go ahead. But I would have loved to work at something like that. Just something fun. Just like to get an experience, like when you're like in high school or you know, like. That's what got me comfortable in public speaking. That's where it started because oh. I was super awkward at first. Yeah. And then I found how I found out how to like calibrate myself in front of a microphone and not feel weird about it. Yeah. Especially because I would like beatbox to like, I don't know. I did a bunch of stupid stuff. And once you're like <laughs> authentic in front of a microphone, not caring, because yeah. also you have like the mysterious DJ booth sometimes. So you can be like right. in the back and no one has to actually see you. Right. Uh, I felt like that kind of facilitated me in the future of being able to like in front of a group of people. And yeah. then I ended up serving, so I talked in front of massive groups of people there too. So Oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Physical public speaking is not my issue. For some reason it's digital and I'm so weird and I just need I'm still working on getting you, over you'll it. You'll get it. You'll get yeah. it. I mean you're all these episodes by the time you do like ten, twenty, you're like, I'm good now. So we've talked a lot about like past experiences. I'm curious about if you have your eye on anything in the future that's Yes, I do. So yeah. this is something going back to like the things that we the things that are like our passions, but like we're just afraid because society, you know, like we were talking about, you're supposed to go to school and do things one way. And also when you go viral for something, you feel like you're put in a box. So you have to do certain things. Um, I have most recently started a not started a business, but it's called um, the PCOS Batty Club. Mm -hmm. And um, with PCOS, I'm a huge advocate. I'm a patient advocate because I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, we deal with things like uh facial hair, lack of periods, infertility, weight gain. I mean, it's like a whole slew of things. And one in five women have it. Wow. So it's a huge deal. And I went viral for that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, now I have to be the PCOS poster <laughs> child. This is crazy. So I actually made separate pages for it because I and it's just started blooming and growing on its own. It has mm -hmm. like on Instagram right now, like 14K followers. And I'm, I'm like, like shocked. I'm like, what the hell? What does it come from? I know. It's um, crazy. But even then, I don't want that to be my th like just my thing. I want it to be bigger than me. It's not even about me. Like it's about creating 
when people say you create a community or like, oh, I have a, an online community. No, an online community, a lot of the times when an influencer says it, it's a lot of people looking back at one person. But whenever you have true community, it's people looking to each other mm. and like actually helping each other through all of their experiences so we can glean off each other. Um, and I think that's super powerful, especially for a condition that's very complex. And everybody has different experiences in their own diagnosis. So like it's the page is not also meant to be super serious. I love that it's, well, I say I love that it is like I don't create all the content. For <laughs> I create the content to be very like funny, relatable. I use, you know, like just recently, like Jimmy Butler and his hair, like the basketball. <laughs> I, I created that. like memes about it. I think it's just funny to to be um, relatable and to create memes that people can share. And it shares their actual or it highlights their actual experience that they're going through. Like all the times that I've forgotten a razor and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to shave. Like because I have facial hair coming <laughs> through. Like, oh, my God, I wonder if someone's going to see it. So like I just want it to be real and raw and funny and unfortunate relatable and um, I say all that to say that's not the passion thing that I'm talking about but it's something that I've created that I have a passion about but my next big thing is music mm. like I, I, I want to that. create I've I already have music on like streaming platforms I've done it I've just I've always been like here you go here's some music <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, do y'all like, I don't know. So now I'm going to like full fledged, like go into my music and like really start incorporating. So I'm about to go into another big pivot into entertainment. Love so that. social media is already entertainment in some regards, but I really, I don't want to just be like, this is a product that I found. Like I'm not trying to be an influencer forever. And I'm so grateful for where it's, it's gotten me and what it's done. But at the end of the day, that's not what I, st why I started it. I always started it because I wanted to do, um, I wanted it to be in the arts. I wanted to, to sing act be in entertainment and that's that's always been my passion since i was young so i want to do that and do it um because with the pcos body club i talk about a lot that um the pcos body club is a space that you can really be like the person that you've always wanted to be and go for those dreams but a lot of the times we don't because we feel unfeminine we have the facial hair we're gaining weight how am i supposed to be a musical artist if i'm constantly struggling with all these things and it's like i wouldn't be authentic to myself if i didn't do the very thing that the foundation that i started um that's like our our motto that's our thing so I, I wouldn't be true to that if i didn't do it for myself and i love that you are coming from a place of just wholeheartedly like who you are and to me that's what makes that's why your pages are popping because it's Thank like you. it shows and despite what anybody thinks whenever you try to not be authentic about something it just immediately people pick up on it and music music is something to me that is such a, it can be such an untapped resource for people and yeah. if, when people that you can affect people with music in a different way right. like for example i can think that architecture does that in some some ways like if you go to italy and you're in the pantheon yeah. or if you go to like the pantheon or something you're like oh my gosh yes you can experience a space like that but oftentimes that's not how you experience architecture sure but like with music i can be anywhere and if the right song comes on i'll get goosebumps even yes. if it's like freaking on a jog or like yes. you know working on you know something at late night at work and if the right song comes on it can completely change my pace my mood there's something that i've always been jealous of musicians just because they can tap into like something into your heart that other people yeah. and your feelings that other other it's things powerful. it is so powerful and it can like take you to a different time and space like how certain songs can be like man like that song is like back when i was in college like, i just remember like or like a smell or something yeah. but like music in particular like there are certain playlists that like are 
eras in my life and mm, i'm like you same. know like i just feel like this was like back when i was at unc i was at unc for like a year and a half and like while i was there like there was just certain albums and things that came out and i literally have it in a playlist because it takes me back there yeah. I feel like going through different eras in high school, like, you know, the, our emo phase. Like, I went through an <sighs> emo phase, like, super. I was going to Screamo concerts. Were you going to the Screamo concerts? All at the time. Time. My Planet neck Center. would be hurting so bad from, from what's it called? Um, I forget what the heart style dancing or whatever <laughs> the heck it was called. Wow. What crazy times. Um, I went through so many different eras, but I feel like every era served a purpose because in my in my music taste because my playlist is very crazy like it'll go from like hard rock like metallica to stain to, yeah. to hillary duff i'm like what is going on <laughs> on my playlist right now this is and then it'll be broadway because i love musicals yeah. and it's all over the place but i'm like don't put my stuff on shuffle because you about to be like doing something and then i don't know where it's gonna be like all the small things <laughs> i love that yeah now my my playlist is definitely confusing if i just yeah. hit shuffle on everything it's like i could cringe at the different yeah but i love that is there a particular genre that you think you want to aim for or is there like yeah i wanted to do a mix i wanted to do some spanish music oh, actually yes. so i wanted to do spanish music and i also wanted to do i kind of wanted to be the spanglish billy eilish oh, style like I because that. i find myself that's like the kind of music I, I enjoy to sing um because i love to listen to a lot of different music but i don't enjoy to sing all the different music that i yeah. like to listen to that makes <laughs> sense like, i can't be doing some certain stuff but um <laughs> yeah i wanted to be a, a mix of like rock pop alternative like it's like something that like you said nowadays you can mix all kind of different things and i feel yeah. like now that we're in a space and music and in just art in general that we can mesh things together and not have to be like i'm an alternative artist or i'm a pop artist like you can have a mix of all those things i love that yeah i'm jealous i'm excited about it i used to play drums back in the day yeah I, for a long time I, I loved i built my drum set like i had a really nice kit and so i love the science and just the pursuit of like shutting yourself off into a room and being able to like and once you learn a beat it's like that beat's never going to change right like architecture is so nuanced and things are constantly changing like something is not going to be what you think it is very right. shortly this music is not like that yeah. so like once you make a song and you release it into the world and mm -hmm. it impacts people it's always going to impact people right and that's something that's like I'm excited to see that you yeah. come up with. That's so cool. I'll be documenting the journey. And, yeah, you know, so you already, so you've already set the foundation of your documentation. You know, like yeah. you're good at editing. You're good at consistency, which is like one of the hardest parts. So hard. Yeah. <laughs> that part. And especially when you're pivoting into something new. Like when you're pivoting into something new and having to be consistent with it, that's, that's the hardest part. But if you have a passion for it, if you're excited about it, like, you know, the cool ass people podcast, like you're excited about it. So yeah. it's, you know, you got to be consistent and, you know, you got to put it out. Yeah, I've loved, I love it. If I could record every day, I freaking would. Yeah. It's so hard. Well, this is the fun part. Like, yeah, I know. If after I could, we're done here, it's yeah. true. That's, That's you know. when the, yeah. I always like to ask people, who are you outside of, like, your career? Like, what do you, like, outside of what you do? Like, what are your passions? What are the things that you do to, like, escape your your day-to-day, -day, like, work life? Like, what do those things look like? And, like, do you feel like your, pers your um, persona, like, your whole personality and life, like, revolves around your, your job? And some people are like, I kind of feel like it does. And I'm like, that's not always good. You got to yeah. have some separation from that. And, like, I understand being passionate about what you do, and that's awesome. But even, like, musicians and stuff, like... Like if all you do is like tour and go to concerts and of course you're doing the thing that you love, but outside of being an artist, like who are you as a person? Like mm -hmm. what are the things that you're, that you care about? And like, mm -hmm. that was one of the biggest reasons I was, I was kind of scared to jump into music because I'm like, 
well, you're doing all these other things already and like you're already known for all these other things. And I was like, okay, well, artists, like if you ever notice artists, they also, they always eventually come out with the foundation that they care about or mm-hmm. they're like the spokesperson for something. And they, you know, I was like, you're going to come in with a PCOS baddie club. Like you are somebody that's going to advocate and speak for this group, these millions of women already in the world. And like that could be your thing. That doesn't have to stop you from being an artist. And that's not the only thing that you're about, but it's something that you're always going to have and something that you're always going to talk about more than likely because I'm never going to stop having PCOS. It's for Mm -hmm. life. So it's like, okay, now I have this thing and I can have that thing be the thing that I care about and that Mm -hmm. matters to me, but it's not all of me. And just like my music isn't all of me, there's also parts of me outside of being an artist like this other thing. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. Yeah, I like where you're going with it. Yeah, like you don't have to have just one thing that you're about. Like you can be a thing and care about multiple different Mm -hmm. things and rope those into what you're doing. So where do you see uh, the cool ass podcast or cool ass people podcast in the next like five years? Like what five is like your years. goal? Oh gosh. I think growing up, I've always like looked at someone and said like, I really just want to ask them a couple questions. Yeah. Like that's it. Like my curiosity has always been like aimed towards just facilitating. And, and it's, it was like almost second nature for me. Like even some of the musicians that I love is just like, what made you make that? What yeah. made you do this? What made you do that? And to be able to have the opportunity to like actually ask people and have an excuse. Yeah. That's what I want. So in the next five years, if I could interview just some of the most prolific people that I feel have made things that move me, mm-hmm. that is what I want. Yeah. And I want to be able to just, I don't sit there and like compare myself to other people on different podcasts that are already doing it because I know that my outlook and my experience are different from everybody else's. Absolutely. So I'm coming at it from a a design aspect in the way that like architecture I've pursued the art of craft and like spending years on something right. and literally like putting my head down for literally years of my life to like pursue something and yeah. so if I can find the parallels and other things like music yeah. and different like fitness and different industries I just want to have the opportunity to say like okay where were you when this came about because it's so like unique and like right. so I, that's like the ultimate goal yeah, you guys just came back from y'all were traveling for a good little bit. Yeah, we did Turkey, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. It was beautiful. Oh. Yeah, I got spoiled over there. It's the best. Yeah. yeah, I could go on. I could have a whole episode about that. Yeah, very you should. Easily. You yeah. should. You should have like a soul. Or like you and your wife should sit down and talk about yeah. it. I would love to like she, see what y'all. She won't come on. I've been she trying. Come on. <laughs> You're going to edit this later. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying. She won't come on. She'll eventually. But yeah. I'm waiting for the right guest to like her story, her experiences her outlook yeah is so good yeah. and i'm like i need this she she seems like a beautiful person yes. inside and i mean she's definitely beautiful on the outside but it's something that glows from out of her like even like just from i've only met her today yeah. but through her pictures and everything i'm just like wow like this person looks like they are just a genuinely like beautiful person inside and out most empathetic yeah i have to stop her from spontaneously crying places just because <sighs> she cares so much about people <laughs> i know i'm like like we'll be on the bus going somewhere like this happened the other day we got on a bus in austin and this older gentleman is a construction worker and she th- you know once you get to a certain age you don't need to be working construction sure. you know unless you have to sure yeah and so to see this little man this little old man come on the bus in his construction uniform oh. she immediately i didn't even pay attention so yeah. i look at her and her my eyes are already watering thinking about it she, her eyes are watering i'm like what 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like him. Aww. Like, what if I just give him the money in my wallet? I'm like, that's insulting. But <laughs> like, I know it's like sometimes you don't know. Like, you know, when you like, if you feel called to do something, though, like sometimes I'm like, God, you you telling me to do something right now? I'm a, I'm gonna go do it. I don't know. Like, hopefully it's received well. Yeah. I'm doing it with like, you know, but the best intention. But sometimes you do you don't know if like you should or you shouldn't. But I'm a crybaby too. Like, I'd be yeah. crying for it any and everything like my eyes well above and i'm like oh my gosh like that that makes me feel so terrible yeah she's a crier i love it though yeah literally not a negative bone in her body the way that people see her like out in public is literally the way she is at home like yeah. her and i are constantly laughing yeah just stupid shit all the time that's so wonderful i'm really really yeah. glad that you found somebody like that oh, because it's me too you know i'm telling you these streets nowadays too it's wild damn I mean, yeah like i don't know how people do it anymore <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm out the game. Blessed. I'm married. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't dealing with these people. Like, it's just so much fun to just grow with somebody and like have someone to like, like your best friend and like your lover all in one person. I think like having a friendship with like your spouse is so important because it's not always about kissing and being intimate and all that stuff. That stuff is great and fun and we love it. But it's so much fun to be able to just do like friend things like mm. with your person. Like, let's go watch a funny movie. Let's go. Sometimes we just sit in the car and just like yeah. drive around or like go pick up some like fast food and sit in a random parking lot and talk about the craziest stuff. And we laugh until our belly hurts. And it's just so cool to be able to like do that and go through life with somebody and like know that that's like your person. Like that's your road dog. Like that's mm -hmm. who you're going to do all the things with, you know, instead of just being like, Oh, I don't want to settle down yet. So I'm going to go from person to person. Like you never f have like a home and a person like, and also someone who supports your goals. Like that to me oh is my like God, key. Yes. so key. I have, I know people in relationships where the person would rather them not do something. And I'm like, that's a, one of the most negative traits I think is possible on this planet because I'm like her and I have this super unsaid agreement. doesn't matter what you want to do. Like, just say you want to do it and we're going to figure shit out and we're going to go do it. Absolutely. It's like, if you have a go-getter attitude about it, I'm going to do anything in my power to help facilitate that you get there. And people don't realize how much that affects you when like you're, per you're the person that you're with is literally telling you, there's a piece of hair, like <laughs> doing something to my eyeballs. But anyway, um, I was with somebody for a decade. Oh, wow. That was like that. They, it was somebody that was kind of insecure about, you know, things that they had to work within themselves. And I understand that, but me having the personality that I have and, and all the dreams that I had, mm -hmm. um, they were stifling those dreams and they were like, no, because of their insecurities. And I was like, no, no, no. Like there were so many times I deleted my social media because of this person. And, and like my content is very PG 13. Like I don't mm -hmm. post anything. Like my stuff is very lifestyle, like journeys and, and authenticity. It's not about anything sexual of any kind. So I didn't understand where this was coming from, but, um, it took me two years to leave because our lives mm -hmm. were very intertwined with our families. We've been together for so long. We had a house all these things and I chose myself and I left because if I hadn't, I literally wouldn't even be sitting in the seat right now. Like mm. I wouldn't have been able to pursue my dreams. I wouldn't have been able to, to pursue being on social media and, you know, choosing a creative path. Like I would have never been able to mm. do that. And I was miserable every single day that I didn't get to like pursue my dreams for another person because mm. of another person. Like that was torture to me. 
And I feel so terrible for people that are in those positions, even right now. And they make excuses for the person and, and they want all these reasons why, like, oh, well, I just shouldn't be on social media anyway. Or like, I just shouldn't even pursue that anyway. And, and it's like, no, you're only doing that to appease this person who they just essentially want to like keep you under their control or like just dim your light because they can't handle you getting a certain type of attention or whatever. Like that's. And the gaslighting type and like mm -hmm. all the different like facets of people who are like, I can't tell you enough how many people that are close to me who tell me certain things. And I'm like, you are literally one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And the fact that you're not pers like living your life to the best of your abilities and that person's not elevating you. Mm -hmm. Like it's sad. I love how organized my wife is and we pick days of the week to pursue each other's passions. Mm -hmm. And like there's days where we're like, okay, nothing. And we're not touching shit. Today. Yeah. And then there's days where we'll wake up at 5 a.m. and she'll want to like, well, also, it's great that she's in architecture with me. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, we have like very much we think of design in the same way. So she has like side projects of like she's getting into tile or getting into designing different things. And so we'll That's wake awesome. up early and just go back and forth with ideas. And I'm like, OK, so let's logistically figure out what it is that you need to like make sure that you're not only a good business, but efficient. Right. It's just nice to have that other person who's like, there's times where I literally am so physically and mentally exhausted that I could not edit. And she'll be like, you know what? I got this episode. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Like, I know it's going to release in the next few days. Yeah. And then, like, she'll take over and like wow. make the videos beautiful. And I'm like, holy shit. Or make my logo. Like yeah. she sometimes like if she has like a free time at lunch, she'll send me logos. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is perfect. Like, I That's can't believe. You, yeah. So it's nice to have the other person building with you. And yeah. we look at it as like our empire. Sure. Our money is our thing. We're transparent about everything. Yeah. It's like, we're just working to the greater good and like yeah. everything else will just like follow eventually. And it will, and it will. Cause y'all are a good team and yeah, it's good to have, you know, in a, in a marriage when it's all about sacrifice and compromise. And sometimes there may be something that, you know, she may not really even feel as up to it, but she knows that you're struggling today. So she's going to come and pick up that slack. Like that's amazing. Yes. And that's how it should be. Or days that y'all just both like, you know what? We're both tapped. Like we're both just yeah. going to not touch anything. We just need to chill out and yeah. relax and recoup. So then tomorrow we can like see where we're at again. <laughs> We've had definitely that happen. Yeah. Like, like I said, we started this podcast releasing weekly at first and with some of our deadlines recently, we were like, okay, we're going to go bi-weekly, but we're just going to have like some filler things between episodes because sure. it's just like too much at first. And it was like, okay, giving ourselves a little bit of leeway for a little bit mm -hmm. till we accumulate more episodes and yeah. seeing my friends in the dating game. I'm sorry for all my friends who are listening <laughs> to this right now. Like, no, like we, we say the same thing at our house. Sometimes like my husband would be like, I'm so grateful for you, babe. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm grateful for you too. And he was like, man, some of these stories I've been hearing, I'd be like, how are y'all dealing with this <laughs> at our big age too? Like, you know, we're in our thirties already. So it's kind of like at this point, like why is dating so crazy? So <laughs> like, just so saturated with like technology and social media and nuance. Like it yeah. used to be like, Hey, call someone on their landline and meet right. me here at this yeah, time. And yeah. Have you ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine? No. So there is a scene where like they go back into like the 80s or something like that. And the, this guy, he was um, from current day. Yeah. So he's all he knows is technology. So he, they're like at a club and he sees this girl and she's he's like, oh, my gosh, how do I get a hold of you? And she's like, come find me. 
and they're in like this loud club and he's like what do you mean come find you <laughs> and she's like you know i live on like this strange he's like oh my god like this is crazy like people go to places and yeah. meet people Knock on yes doors. you literally like had to have human interaction before <laughs> call the landline like, right I, I remember those awkward i calls. know and you couldn't be on you couldn't use if i was on the internet then nobody can use the phone or vice versa <laughs> or you could listen in on someone else on yes. the phone you had multiple phones all through the same line. So embarrassing. We've lived through a lot as millennials. Like, Seriously. I think that we're going to be the most equipped for just changes in general. Like, you know how it feels like our parents sometimes or even their parents, well, their parents definitely, but some of our parents even, um, as technology advances, they they drop off at some point. They're like, I'm not learning anything else. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not. So yeah. c- come and do this for me because I don't know yeah. how. With us, like, I don't care what comes out. I'm learning it. Yeah. Like, AI is a big thing. I'm going to learn AI. Mm-hmm. And I do. I work with AI a lot because I'm like, I'm not going to get left behind. And AI is definitely not going to replace me. Yep. So... I feel like our generation, since we've been lived through so many changes in social media, even like being born before the internet was even a thing, mm-hmm. like, man, <laughs> doesn't that make you feel old? Um, we just adapt and we just continue to continuously learn. So I don't think our generation will ever get to that point. Like from us and forward, we're always going to know technology. I fought getting a cell phone. And it's so funny to think about really? that. I was like, I don't want a cell phone. Like, keep it. Because my what? parents, it's different for daughters, I'm sure. My parents would like, I would go out, just be home before dark type situation. So I was like, I don't need a phone. Like, I'll right. be home. I'll make it back. Well, later. I was never allowed to go anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> because I was a girl. <laughs> if I have a daughter, it's going to be the same. And times are different now. Like, Sure. Yeah. It was just like I, I could only go for like specific like school things. Like, yeah. oh, I have a play. I have to go. To, I got to track me. It's something. But like not anything like oh, I'm going to just go to my friend's house for multiple hours. Or like, uh, no, you're not doing that. Our house was like the house that you come to. So like all my friends, like everyone was at our house because my mom liked to like make sure she could yeah. see us. But yeah, smart. Yeah, I was never allowed. I was I never did a sleepover or nothing. Oh, I wasn't what? allowed to. And, I'm, you know, as an adult now, as like I have seen so many crazy things that have come out. I'm very grateful that that was my experience yeah, because I sure. feel like my parents protected me from a lot of things that at that point I just thought could never happen to me. And I've had friends that things have happened to. And I'm like, wow, like you know, you send your kids off to someone's house. Like you don't know who else is there. And yeah. like before I used to like, Oh my God, you're so paranoid. You're so crazy. And now I'm like, nah, people are crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially nowadays too. Like, yeah. It's worse now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could go down a massive list of things that I, I don't know. See, I, we are far from having kids right now. Sure. Yeah. So, so are we. <laughs> yeah. So, but when we cross that bridge, I have no idea how I'm going to act. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This has been so, it's such a good enlightening yeah. episode. Like, well, it's been a pleasure to be on here. Thank I'm you. so excited for Cool Ass People podcast. I think the concept is amazing. And I, I love even just like the colors and the vibe, like everything. People don't realize like how, you know, your branding and how you present your stuff to the world matters. And I think that you guys are doing an amazing job and it's only going to get better and better and better. So I'm super excited to see it grow. That means so much coming from you, especially because we've been like following like, OK, she did it this way. Like, let's look at yeah, it. Yeah, And you have to glean off of other people like, yeah. you know, a lot of our stuff like we were we the first thing we ever did was look at a few a successful podcast and how they did their shorts their clips like uh, we even give like our friends that are doing podcasts sometimes you think you want to do it so away and it, it ends up like my our other friend he has a podcast and he would start with like his logo first and it was like this drawn out introduction and i was like hey friend listen you're losing valuable real estate on your video the first three seconds is like the only time that you have to capture an audience or like someone's attention and you're wasting it on your very beautiful logo put your logo at the end yeah put it on a watermark do something but like those are things that we learned from like 
making the mistakes and mm-hmm. then like looking at what other people did. You start a video in the middle of a sentence because people are like, what do y'all talk about? What is yeah. this? What exactly. So, you know, you learn and you do things like, you know, we weren't perfect at first and we've changed things, but you know. Well, I look forward. I do, do eventually, <laughs> I do eventually want to have like a follow-up episode Yeah. so we can, I'm curious to see where this music takes you and like, yeah. Literally, I've only seen your accounts growing, and I love seeing success stories. Thank so you. I can't wait for what we're going to have in the future. So. Thank you. Now you're keeping me accountable. Damn. Shit. I know. I'm like, let's see it. No, I'm just What's your music career doing? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Let me get in the studio real quick again. <laughs> no pressure. All right. Oh, well, thanks again. And yeah, I appreciate it. And where can uh, everyone find you at? Um, on Instagram, Talia M. LeBlanc, or on TikTok, just Talia LeBlanc. And if you find one of those, all my links are there. Heck yeah. 